This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Boonwurrung country and we wish to acknowledge them as traditional owners. We recognise First Peoples of Australia as the original storytellers of this country and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. You are listening to a semi-precious podcast hosted by uncut and unpolished sisters Amber and Jade. See the thingy to to welcome us to read it. Alrighty, welcome to episode seven of Semi Precious, uh, and today we're going to be talking about the subtle art of friendships as you age, how they change, knowing when to cut people loose, and how to keep track of everyone. And there's a little bit of the subtle art of not giving a fuck, also, ah, in that sentiment. True, true, yeah, true, true. Sorry to copyright infringe the author of that book. <laughs> it's a good book, though. Mm. All righty, Ams. Oh, you're handing over to me. I was not. Well, there. I don't know. You know, let's just read off the little boxes and see yeah. what inspires us. So we have notes. Um, seven's my lucky number. So happy seventh episode. Oh, seven's your lucky number. Yeah. What's yours? Thirteen. Because <laughs> it's my birthday. Okay. I don't know anyone else in the world with a lucky number of thirteen. Okay. I didn't even know lucky numbers could go past ten. Uh, Are they? What? What? Who makes up a rule know, a of single what? numeral? Single numeral. Are they? Yeah. Reach out to us on socials if you have a lucky number that's not zero to. You just made nine. that up. No, I just think it's true. All right, six. Okay, why six? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just like the form. You like the form? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I'm with that. As a graphic person, I, yeah, I can see. Although that. when I when I walk, I often have to count out to four. One, two, three, four, one, two, three. Okay. Does, There's a whole other episode. Does anybody else do that? Be? No. And have to do it on your fingers? Do you remember mum used to do one, two, three, four? Maybe that's where I got you it know, from. You know you're a mental health worker and you need mental health work. <laughs> I feel like that's a, it's quite a, it's a little OCD In thing. saying that though, um, not to be dismissive of people who do suffer terribly from OCD, but... I uh, spent a lot of my childhood counting letters and words, like the individual um, letters on words on signs, to get an even number. And if I couldn't get an even number, I would then have to count the space. And then if I still couldn't get an even number, like the spaces between the words, I'd have to count like the dots on the eyes or any other ligature. Okay. okay, that that extends just a little bit further than counting, than counting to four. To four. Okay. So I've just undone my roast of you. You have and- completely <laughs> undone your roast of me. But in but in saying that, OCD, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder, and can have learned qualities and traits about it as well. So, learning some of these traits from you know, like the counting on the fingers. Mm, um, that sounds like a mum fr- thing. Is from a, a mum thing. She still does excited hands, which I do also. It drives y- my husband mental. You might need to describe excited hands for uh, the listeners. All right, yes. <laughs> I'm doing excited hands now, but that does not help you. No. Um, just imagine putting all of your fingertips together on both hands, creating like a little bridge. Is that a bridge? Right. I, don't, that like I, a bridge? Don't I don't know. I don't know. something. 
I'm a visual person describing that. <laughs> I think after 25 years of writing creative rationales, I'd be able to do this better. Anyway, it's where you kind of tap your fingers together in almost like a semi-creepy but excited way. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll post a video of that one day. Yeah, please on socials. Um, that is a bit of a digression because all I was talking about really was that seven is my lucky number. Right, and then we somehow got on to OCD. Tendencies. Tendencies, yep. which has got nothing to do with the episode. Absolutely um, Or friendships, but I feel like maybe that's a, a down the load episode really yeah. to unpack that for you, Amber. Yeah, there's um, a lot to unpack on that space. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. All right. So back to friends. Friendships. Quick question, just doing mm-hmm. a poll of one because um, there's only one person to ask here. <laughs> <laughs> So we don't really have a broad poll going. Um, so um, are friendships easier as you get older or harder? Oh, I feel harder. I think I was less discerning and they were easier in the sense that you just went out and had fun and you caught up and you had a drink and you went shopping and you kind of, you know, could run your errands, so to speak, together. And I feel they were easier because there was more playfulness in them. I feel Mm. there's less playfulness in them now and therefore there's less, I don't know, less fun and a bit more complication. And, and because I'm just going on a rant now, um, you know, because you may not see them as much, there's a lot more, uh, well, for me, I'm not quite sure sometimes where, where I stand in a friendship because I haven't seen someone as often as I would have when I was younger or, or also it's harder and slower to get close to a person because you don't have that long amount of time with them. Like if you think when you went out and you'd have like, you know, a 3 a.m., you know, drunken clubbing. Free drinks, putting makeup on, getting dressed. There's heaps of bonding time. Coming home, vomiting, waking up, getting bacon. Hangover breakfast. Um, There's just a lot more time, even just going shopping with each other. When was the last time you went shopping for clothes with a girlfriend? Decades. I can't even remember the last time I went actual shopping with a girlfriend. Like it would literally be 20 years. Yeah. I took a friend with me for my 40th outfit and went to Chadston. I think it's the only time I've been to Chadston in the last decade. Mm. Chadston's um, in Victoria for anyone yeah, outside of Victoria. Matter. And it's it's a big, big overwhelming place that I get lost in, so I try mm. not to go there. Oh, I sort of need a sedative to go to Chadston. Yeah, I it's actually, on this trip with my girlfriend, I, I practice wine and she drank on the way in there and then we sat in the car and, like, sculpts. I don't want to advocate for alcoholism um, or unhealthy relationships with alcohol, but that is a stellar idea. Yeah, you know, yeah. because it, it, it is overwhelming. It takes yeah. the edge off. One of my girlfriends, who I won't name, but she, if she, I don't even think she listens to this podcast. That's um, sort of friend she is. Um she, I've known her one of the longest, she's second, second longest relationship I've had with a friend. She goes to Chadston all the time and I just, I don't understand. Does she enjoy it? I think she does. She kind of likes that hustle. On, but like, yeah, she likes the overstimulation. 
Mm, that surprises me, knowing who you're talking about. Yeah. Like I, I find that surprising. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like a personal challenge. <laughs> but I do, <laughs> I do understand the sentiment of needing to take the edge off before going to a major right. shopping centre. And and back to the original question: mm-hmm. Are they easier or harder? Yeah, I think I've I think I've ranted. A what bit did you about actually that. say? It was harder. What did I say? I think harder now mm-hmm. because there's less bonding and more. Um, and less joy and playfulness and and fun for for me currently. I think in my friendships, mm. it's not. I don't think that's true of everybody's friendships. But I think it's sort of a uh, now that I've after I've asked you and now I'm thinking about my response whilst also trying to active listen to your response. Mm-hmm. Um, was she really <laughs> with me? <laughs> I was with you. Uh, it is a tricky question because I do think. The friendships are harder to maintain, but my care factor has gone down somewhat. So when you're younger, I think you have less uh, sort of confidence and therefore you probably question the friendship or have I done the right thing or am I there enough or am I, you know, yeah, am I a good enough friend, which I used to do often and actually still do. Sometimes I just feel guilty that I haven't reached out to someone for ages. Mm-hmm. And I have lots of collections of friends. I, I feel like I sort of um, gather friends like you would artefacts whilst you're travelling. Like in my Is this a friend hoarding? Didn't you have friend hoarding written somewhere? Friend hoarding, yeah, friend hoarding. I think I did. I'm She's just a friend skipping hoarder. ahead to five um, different areas of mm-hmm. what we wanted to talk about. And sometimes, especially as a neurodivergent person, you end up with like such a large cohort of friends that then it becomes quite an administration job to keep connected with them. And sometimes I know my husband will look at me at night and go, look, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I've just reached out to so-and-so, haven't heard for ages. Now it's like a 20-minute text back and forth because Mm -hmm. I needed to connect them to see what's happening. He doesn't have such a large group of friends mm. and I think male friendships later in life is even more complex than women's, I think. It actually gets harder, way harder for men, I think. But, um, yeah, so sometimes I think it's it's harder because you have less time, I think, ultimately, and then because you're so time poor, as you said, the the pressure on that connection being special or worth it if you know what I mean like when you've invested that time then adds a layer of kind of complexity especially if you've had to get babysitters and you know you've had to really go out of your way to get somewhere which when you lead a crazy ass life like I do seems like a big thing Mm -hmm. so I'm sorry for all my friends for putting so much pressure on our time together (laughs) Uh, but I think special and you will enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, you will enjoy it. It's it. Yeah, it's tricky. You know, when you were saying that you give less fucks now, I don't know. I'm thinking back to my twenties, and you know, I've written a little note there that says some friendships we we choose based on how the other person makes us feel, and I think that's true. Maybe I read that somewhere. I don't know. But what if you have a low self worth? what kind of friends are you choosing? And that makes me think that some of the friends I chose, I don't think I was second guessing 
myself back then. I think I was choosing friends that could treat me however they wanted to treat me mm. because that's all I thought I deserved back then. Yes. Um, and we have touched on another episode. I can't remember what it was, but just your mishmash um, collection of friends mm. that were always quite troubled and you felt like you needed to rescue them. Yeah. But or, in that troubling, not always treating you Not always kindly. treating me well, but, it, but then even some of the friendships that I did connect with, I was very okay with constantly seeking them out, constantly trying to mm, please doing them. Doing all the work. Doing all of the work, right? So I don't think I second guess myself as much, whereas now I don't want to do all that work, but that means if they're not doing the work, then I'm feeling unloved yeah. or not connected to or yeah. not valuable enough. So then I'm questioning more now. <laughs> it's, I don't know. Yeah, more self-questioning. But then it made me think about, you know, my potential need for closeness in friendships and intensity I feel might be quite different to other people's. Like what do you need in a close friend, right, if we're looking at the different types of friends we have? Uh, That's a really good question. What do I need? Probably patience from the other person because Mm -hmm. I can be quite (laughs) sporadic as I juggle lots of things. And the one thing I am quite conscious of is I, because I have so many things on the go, I often feel like I'm a lot for my friends or in general. And so I do try to sometimes minimize myself to some friends Mm. because I feel like, oh God, like Amber's doing another thing or she's, you know, because I'm quite active on social media, like LinkedIn and Instagram and stuff like that. So then I start to feel a bit guilty that like, well, maybe I'm just like showing off that I'm doing all these things, but they're just, I'm not doing them to show off. It's just that I have a lot of balls in the air Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of projects that I feel passionate about. And as a creative person, that's kind of what I do. So then. So what's the pain point there? Like what is the, yeah, I'm trying to understand what that kind of guilt is. Is it like, um, where is the guilt? That you're not, you're choosing those things over them or maybe it's just just that I'm too loud. Like right, just too, you're too much. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just that I'm too much. Yeah. And then I sort of feel guilty that I try, I try really hard actually to not use the word busy because there's so much baggage with busy. And I, mm-hmm. I know that psychologically being busy all the time is not good. It's not, like, a not something we should be aspiring to. Right. But the, the too muchness, right, is, She's got counsel of voice on. Shut I up. Can see where she's shut going. Up, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> she's <laughs> actually moved. As well. You could see her. She's moved into counseling position. Yeah. All right. Shake it out. Shake it out. Shake it out. But it is, you know, obviously, I talk to a lot of neurodivergent women and individuals and and just women in general. And the too muchness is something that women feel quite strongly. I'm not allowed to take up too much space, to be too big, to be too loud, to be showy. So it's not just a neurodivergent woman, but we would probably receive it maybe more, Mm. you know. You know what it is, actually? I also think I get very excited by new friendships 
but I'm like cutthroat discerning with new friendships in a sense that I don't, I'm not sort of person that sort of goes into room and wants to make 10 new friends and chat to everyone. I know you'll find this surprising anyone who knows me, Mm -hmm. but I'm not that sort of sociable. But when I do connect with someone, and especially as a, you know, someone in my 40s, I get sort of re-energized, like it's super exciting to meet someone where you're just on the same wavelength and as an And do you find that they're neurodivergent? (laughs) Yeah, usually they are neurodivergent people. But, yeah, I'm often fascinated. You know, I do a lot of work in, you know, advocating for women and working with great, you know, strong and, and compelling women across, you know, all different parts of my life. And so that really energizes me and I feel like there's maybe there's a disconnect between my adult self and friendships because I don't feel as much like I need to minimize myself when I'm meeting new people, but maybe it's legacy relationships where I might have grown up with people that I feel less comfortable being myself, which is sort of ironic, right? Because when you grow up with people or you meet them in earlier parts of your life, you would think you, yeah, can be more yourself. But you're different, right? Because, Mm. you know, the younger you and the now you, like I'm not the same person that I was in my 20s. So the friendships I have in my 20s now have to meet isn't that why so many people who get married young often get divorced at this yeah, stage? Yeah, right? You're yeah. a totally different person unless you can kind of grow together. I know that sounds cliche, but unless mm. you can stay relevant to one another and, and your values are kind of changing along the same path, and that's the same with friendships. What was important to me and how I was and who I was, which was really just a shit show, to mm. be honest, chaotic <laughs> shit show. I, I'm nodding because – I wouldn't want to be friends like with – I was fun and bubbly, but I was also a bit of a mess. I think I've only really got a couple of friends from from those years, and yeah, I'm a different I'm a different person. So you've got more friends from then. I mean, I've never really had a frank conversation with some of my long term friends. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe we're not honest oh, enough. Because a new friend, you're like, it's like you're dating, just presenting right? yourself. Well, you're also it, just presenting how you are today Mm -hmm. and I will ask my dearest friends that I've been friends with because there's a few of them like quite a few of them from not just early high school I've got one girlfriend from from grade three um she's my yeah longest friend and we're you know still very close and then I've got friends that I met when I moved interstate um from early sort of mid-20s and then I've got friends I met overseas and I've got yeah friends from different job circles that I've had or met in industry but yeah you are good at connecting though yeah you're good at staying connected that's what I'm saying I sort of like hoard them Mm. I hoard a try but I do work at it too like I do make a very I make a very conscious effort to connect people that I like and to keep them engaged and they connect back and they connect back yeah I think that's a different there's different I have gone through, I think because I do have some of those hoarding tendencies, like I do have a very emotional attachments to artifacts and people. And so that's probably why I stayed in a relationship way longer than I needed to. But I have cut people loose 
which is kind of like the next big thing that we were going to talk about. Mm, There are certain points where you sort of, and I know that you've had friendships like that too, where you have to make a decision that this is either not healthy or that you actually just have nothing in interest Mm. or in common with this person. I feel often for me that kind of phasing out is it's going to sound ridiculous, but if I stop, if I stop reaching and they don't reach out, I feel like I'm in this stalemate, but they're just not reaching. Is that right or wrong? I don't know. Should I, am I just a reacher and I shouldn't expect everybody to be a reacher or am I? Mm, You are a reacher. Not everybody is a reacher, but I also think Um, I suppose if you were having an honest conversation with your friends, much like you would in a partnership, Mm. both of you need to be getting something Mm. out of it. And so if it's a one-way friendship where Mm -hmm. you're always doing the connecting, then it's just exhausting. Yeah. And you don't feel loved, right? Yeah, it's right to feel like, actually, I just don't feel like I'm getting anything back here also if you know friendships should be there for the ups and downs Mm. but I remember a lecturer once said to me she's she's a brilliant relationship therapist and and she said my friendships really need to be like 90% joy Mm. right I want to laugh I want to have fun I yes I'm going to be there if they're going through something hard and vice versa but I don't want just to have whinging, moaning, boring conversations. I want to actually laugh and have fun and be light because that's what I need of a friendship and and maybe particularly more so because she's a therapist doing hard conversations. Mm -hmm. But I think that's true as well. Some friendships can get caught in like a toxic cycle, just just supporting one another, just venting to one Mm -hmm. another, just. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It's got to be. Mutually, And I think that just comes back to the point around when as adults at our age, you know, whether you've got children or not, whether you're caring for, you know, aging parents or, you know, whatever your role is, we definitely are more time poor. And so it does, I think it just innately puts pressure on. It's not like, as you said, in your 20s where you finish uni or finish work, you know, head out to the pub, you know, roll on, you've got absolutely no responsibilities and you just sort of keep going. Time is um, not an asset really. Whereas when you get to our age, late 40s and, of course, mid 40s for you. Mid 40s. Mid 40s. Um, it is actually quite a precious commodity. It certainly is for me. Mm. And so then I then place reasonably high expectations on that. On your friends? Well, just, just putting on it the out there. experience. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> definitely, I had a very frank conversation with a long-term girlfriend recently over a long weekend that we had away and just, I don't know whether I was just hormonal, but I just didn't have the level of fun that I was hoping to have. And that could just be just, I have really unrealistic expectations of what, or potentially just not even aligned on what we wanted the trip to be. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for someone else just kind of lounging around and having an early bed and, you know, a cup of tea and some nice food, that might be their idea of 
a really great girls weekend. For me, maybe what I needed at that time was actually different. Like I needed a release. I did need rest, but I also needed kind of a laughter, a laughter and a release because of what was going on for me at the time. Right. Yeah. I think that is a, well, what's going on at the time, but also I'm speaking for myself. I, I know now I understand that I am looking for that excitement, looking for that mm. dopamine hit <laughs> and, and fun and playfulness and laughter is so important. Mm. Yeah, I, I often feel if I have left a catch up with friends, I often go, was there any like what was laughter? Doing? Yeah. Was there any laughter? Was there any playfulness? Was there any jokes and banter? I ah. just feel like if there wasn't a tenor moment of just like where I either there was a little bit of wee or could have been a little bit of wee, <laughs> then it wasn't a good night. Can that be a metric for like a good girl's night? Are we all covered here, ladies? Yeah, Are we all- <laughs> did I need to wear a sanitary liner? Um, you know, was I challenging my pelvic floor? Was I challenging my yeah, pelvic what's floor? what's the scale? You know the fire warnings that you get when you drive into towns that are like it's low <laughs> It's moderate and it's, um, it's it starts at green and then it goes to red. Yeah, maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's what we need. I, I definitely need more fun, exciting laughter and silliness. And I think maybe that's what I miss from my 20s. You know, my closest girlfriend growing up from, you know, late teens to, you know, kind of through my 20s and early 30s, even before we had children, like laugh so hard, we wait just a little bit often. Yeah, yeah and that's pre-pelvic floor problems. Yeah, that's – yeah. <laughs> but that's how hard we used to laugh. There was so much more silliness. I don't have that mm. friendship anymore. She's not dead. We're just not <laughs> friends anymore. <laughs> she's dead to her. She's dead to me. No, she's not yeah. dead to me. She's still got yeah. a, you know, really nice place in my heart, but we're not friends anymore because mm. we have changed, I But guess. that's actually – I also think – it's okay to move on because you've changed and sort of mm-hmm. you can kind of go through that mourning process but also just accepting that's just a part of your life. It's like thinking about an ex-boyfriend or an ex-partner. It's yeah. like it's they're not always filled with traumatic memories, although some of yours definitely are and so <laughs> am I. But, you know, sometimes it just was the phase and it was who you were then. It's not always easy at the time though, mm-hmm. I think now I can recognize it a little bit easier, but I think for me, I feel intense rejection, you know, mm. that rejection sensitivity dysphoria. So when, when it happens for me, I feel like it's I am not good enough and I'm completely rejected. And then I have to kind of balance that out with the, the grief and letting go. And, and like you said, knowing that it, you know, can be quite a natural thing to, to move on from a friendship. And the utter devastation of it as well. Mm. If I could swap hats for a second and give you some counselling advice. Please, please do. Can you lower your tone and and slow your speech? Yeah. Okay, Jade. Uh, Here's some advice for me. That's not going to pick up on the mic. You need to be louder. Yeah, it's too long. I've now forgotten the advice. Oh, Uh, hang on. Shit, Um, really? What was I saying? Oh, no. So the advice is maybe practising just telling people what you need. Mm. Oh, God, Amber, that Like just... in a friendship. Like, and, yes, that's and I, hard. I also say that from the perspective of when I think about 
some of the situations where I've come home feeling disappointed, maybe I just haven't been honest enough to sort of say, hey, girls, like this is, I'd really love to do this because I really need a release or I'd really love to go and see a live show. It's one of the reasons I love seeing performances. So comedy, music, um, theatre, I love the kind of energy that you get in that entertainment where I feel like it's immersive and it's a release and definitely both you and I like having mundane conversations, honestly, like I could fall asleep. I just tune, I completely tune, tune out. Tune out. If we're yeah. talking about the schools and if the we're talking about basketball the schools and the football And, oh, my God, and- don't even get me started about talking about children. Like I have, I think I have even started to say to people, can we just not talk about our kids? I join like I know in that makes me and sound like I- a complete <laughs> asshole. And, yes, I have already had... Lots of feedback about this podcast that I am the bad cop and you are the good <laughs> You're cop. The yeah, I'm but the I also don't like talking about oh. kids' sports and a little bit, right? I don't mind to like a little bit of an update, happening. especially when you haven't seen. Like, I'm genuinely interested in how people's children are, but also just how I'm actually less interested in how the children are, unless there's something chronically wrong with them. Mm-hmm. But how the parents are in coping with the kids because that's a lot. So, you know, if someone's having trouble with their child or, you know, the child's just been diagnosed with something or there's, you know, whatever those challenges are. She's not a complete arsehole, right? She does care. I do care. I'm interested in that um, and interested in those conversations about the juggle of life and how people manage. But just going through like a list of achievements of your child and that now your child swapped from ballet to kickboxing or the child's like I zone out. I just, I'm not interested in talking about my children in that way either. It's not like I bore people to death with my children and then don't want to hear theirs. Like I just, I have other things in my she life. She just zoned out and, and not, she's, she's writing an article in her head be, while you're talking. I just don't feel like it needs to find our friendships. And because it all goes back to that holding the space, right, in a, in a, in a time-sensitive environment where I've only got three hours with people. Your kid talks wasting my time. Yeah, you're wasting two hours of my time. This is not enjoyable. No, like we are more than just our children. children. And I cannot imagine how painful going out with a bunch of women would be when you do not have children, either by choice or not by choice, and you might have fair children and you just have people banging on about their kids. Like that that Honestly, would just, would be, just be poke my eyeballs yeah. out. Well, my yeah, ears poke out. My eyeballs out. <laughs> so yeah, I'd be interested. Maybe that's just um, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. That might be yeah, personal preference because there are people that really, you know, are maybe a bit more focused on their kids and you know really not. That's not what I meant to say. Like, Are you saying I'm not you a focused parent? doesn't care about her children. No. No, but my point of view is it is exceptionally healthy as a parent to demonstrate to your children that they are not the centre of your their lives. I, I agree. Because if you – we often see this with women who when their children don't need them anymore, so they hit, you know, 12, 13, 14 mm-hmm. and upwards, they crumble. Yeah, not only because they're probably going through menopause or perimenopausal, but 
because especially if they've been the unpaid carer of the family, they've sacrificed everything, their career, their earning capacity, their superannuation, their friendship groups, everything that's been centred around the life of the child. Then when the child doesn't need them anymore, they have nothing. Well, that's when the power struggle comes in and the control, you know, still trying to be a really big part of that teenager's or young adult's life and wanting mm. things for them that they don't want and that push-pull, I'm just going to be the Jersey cow. Mm, the Jersey I cow. I want to be the Jersey cow. If anyone cow. has not read the Catelyn Morand book, How to Be a Woman, got to read it. Honestly, we could just do episode after episode oh, on this. On her book, but the Jersey cow. The Jersey cow quote um, there is uh, she, she speaks about how as a parent – or as a coming from the perspective of mother, that it doesn't matter how accomplished, it doesn't matter if you're a Supreme Court judge that have clawed your way from poverty to the highest ranking role in the legal system, your teenagers will hate you just the same. And think you are just as and lame just and as lame and terrible as, as absolutely anybody. And so um, her point was that when they're teenagers, you just need to be the dumb old Jersey cow that's just there, you get a cup of tea, not trying to find a solution, giving them cookies, making them tea, just kind of being present, yeah. not trying to, I suppose, assert yourself. Right. Not even not even sharing your wisdom no, unless it no, is they don't asked care. for. No, it like, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You could be like a parenting expert and your teenagers would think you were absolutely hopeless. Horrendous, yeah. Yeah, which is why I work with a lot of teens. Oh, man, I'm getting so much insight from the teens that I'm working with. I absolutely love it. Do you know what I love the most about working with teens is that they they tell me these things and they tell me what they love that their parents do and what they don't. Can you tell like, me? And then they – but they won't tell the parent that they're no. doing a good job or that no. they really want that, like as simple as – the hug that they don't respond to, they don't even turn around to, but without that hug. Yeah, they need the hug they even though it's a one-way. Yeah, they need the one-way hugs. I'm mm. like, right, I'm going to keep doing mm-hmm. one-way hugs. Because as a hugs. parent, when you get the one-way hug, it's so rejecting. It makes you just want to cry. Yeah. Anyway, but we are getting off topic because we I, are supposed to be talking about friendship. I often, my husband will often give me a hug and it's a one-way hug. <laughs> and. And he's like, aren't you going to like hug back? I'm like, I actually need the one-way hug. There's something the about the like yeah, just the bear defeated, per- like your arms mm. just limp by your side. Um, it's a regulating of your nervous is. system, isn't it, when you do a tight um Yeah. I'm not hugging hug. you. I'm not giving you anything back right now mm. because I actually just need something. I need this. It's a selfish yeah. hug. but It's a selfish it's hug, yeah. valuable. Teenagers need it. Back to okay, friendship. Okay, back to friendships because right. we've digressed. Um, we need to turn that heater down because I'm about oh. to like have a Roast. perimenopausal uh, sweat. So if you can turn the heater down. How can I roll around? I'm making a roll around to turn the heater on. Uh, I should not have worn this shirt. Just saying it's sweaty now. All right, All right where are we up we, to? Um, covered off. So the top tip for me, just self giving myself tips, is maybe in some of those legacy friendships, I need to have more honest conversations. Oh, that's where you were at with me, and that kind mm. of freaked you out, me out. Like I want to, but I think that innate fear of rejection is in the way. I think there are friends that I feel very safe 
in in saying that. You know, friends that you know. Why don't you practice on me? Oh, because you're not safe. I'm scared. <laughs> okay, scared I'm not she won't hurt. like me. I'm not hurt at all. <laughs> no, but you have given me constructive feedback before, which I yeah. have taken on board. Yes. Mostly around don't try to solve my problems, just listen. Yes. I would always go into, okay, this is what you should do. We're in a crisis plan mode mm-hmm. rather than, oh, Jade, that sounds like it's really difficult. True. Yeah. True. I've been getting better at that and applied that to lots Good. of areas of my life. Good job. Mm. Good job. All right. So you can practice on me and I can practice on creating a safe space for you. But there are friends that feel like they're, you feel like they can take it and you're not scared that they're going to run away. Mm. I mean, I think the reality is probably all friends can take it. It's just nobody likes having uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, that's true. So given that I spend my life having uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, it's different it when it's should so be easier. personal though about what you need. And I don't think, I think most of the human population are not very good at voicing what they need. Well, you've got to identify it, right? You've got to mm. know what that is. And I think we've identified a lot here that we want uh, joy and fun and to, f- well, for me, I want to feel valuable to you as well. Mm. I want to feel like you enjoy my company, that mm. means you're going to seek me out to say, hey, do you want to go for brunch? Hey, do you want to go for a walk? Like that's how I know that you want to spend yeah. time with me. What if we did a 360-degree survey? Just send it out on MailChimp. Yeah. How how am I as a friend? What are you looking for as a friend? <laughs> <laughs> Please rate me out of 10 <laughs> in these areas. What could I improve? Well, I think these you know, are the things that are important to me. Here's a little guidebook on being friends with Amber. Um, like kind of like friend love languages as well. Like what yeah. do you need? What fills you up? Oh, my God. I had this conversation with a good friend of mine who lives in Tokyo currently and she's neurodivergent as well and we were just laughing about how our love language is just in memes. We just send yeah. each other memes. Well, I, you I send, and I just yeah. send each other memes. I've got a few people that I just communicate in short videos and memes. Yeah. And no words even attached to anything. It's just sending it because it's funny. Um, the snail one the other day that you sent oh, me. Oh, yeah. So good. So what did it say again? Okay. It's oh, like what it was, it was a we'll snail and a social. slug mm. and it said, what if slugs are just divorced snails? Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> lost the house. And yeah, Michelle got the house. <laughs> I showed my 12-year-old daughter. She loved it. It is. That is very funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Where were we? What, uh, what happened? Yeah. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about, well, actually I touched on it a bit, is femme crushes. Do you think you have femme crushes when you're younger? Or do you remember just like really mm-hmm. you did? I remember in high school so badly wanting to be friends with this particular girl. But is that just because – they were on a pedestal of being cool or or did you just find them exceptionally interesting? I or did you have lesbian tendencies and I think all 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 of (laughs) Okay. okay. I did actually have an actual crush on somebody in in my twenties. Um maybe that girl in high school as well. She was kind and pretty and funny and cool but didn't care whether she was cool. cool I think maybe I kind yeah. of wanted to 
be, be her. her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You uh, wanted the positive aura to Yeah. And I and I wanted to be around her. Like it felt nice to be around her and yeah, I think that's what people have magnetic right? characters, don't they? They do. We just say like, magnetic characters or are magnetic. Uh, med- they don't quality- literally okay. have characters that are magnetic, like letters that stick to the fridge. <laughs> they, they are magnetic. They characters. are magnetic characters. Just in case anyone was going to making words on their fridge. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So I think I, yeah, definitely did in at school and in my 20s. I don't think I have any right now. Maybe I've got a short-term memory, but I don't remember having as many femme crushes as I do as an adult. Oh, you got more now. More now. I think just because I come across more women in business as well and then sometimes you just meet uh, yeah. women I out. I do feel like I've got a femme crush after last night. Oh, so last night um, Jade and I and a whole bunch of other people saw Lisa Gorman speak at a Creative Women's Circle event. I want to be her best friend. And we both wanted to ask her out to a bar and just – have cocktails with her for a few hours. Yeah. That definitely was a femme crush. She is magnetic. She's just kind of sparkly. I just wanted to yeah. be close to her and keep yeah. talking to her. I feel that way about me, Friedman, too. <laughs> you said I feel that way about me. Like it's about yourself. Like no, I am I sparkly don't. and I just want to be with me. No, all the time. I mean, Mia yeah. Friedman, yeah, kind of. Yeah, definitely got a girl I crush on her. I had a bit of a girl crush on Brene Brown. Like, you know, <gasps> she's just. So. I do love Brene, don't get me wrong. I just – she sort of seems lower energy. I don't know. Oh, she used lower energy, I yeah. think. I just want to sit and have a really good conversation with her. I mean, Oprah, I still – like she's still on the girl crush list. Okay. Yeah. Even though she's probably slightly lower energy too, but mm-hmm. Michelle Obama. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, did I listen to her on Becoming? Becoming, yeah. Oh, was I've it on Becoming other book. or just Becoming? What was it? I can't remember. Anyway, I listened to it on Audible – and I just fell in love with her. I think it's much better to listen to than read because she narrates it and I cried and I laughed and I felt very connected to the story. Yeah, mm. got a question here. Yeah. Maybe for our socials for episode seven we should be femme crushing, hashtag femme crush and mm. getting people to engage. If you're yeah. listening to this podcast and you have not engaged on social media – or actually um, giving us a five-star rating on whatever you're listening to, please do. Yeah, just shout out to promo. But, yeah, be good to inter- Some of my friends have not listened to either of my podcasts. Should I be? Yeah. Like- the, hey, good practice. Send it out. Send a note to them saying, hey, you haven't listened to my podcast. I'd really love your feedback. And also, as a friend, it's my base expectation that you support me in this way. Mm. Hashtag, I did. I did ask don't be somebody. An asshole. <laughs> don't be an asshole. So, Kathy, if you're listening, um, that one was just for you, right? Mm. Yeah. No, I did. I did uh, say it to a friend the other day, and she's like, "Oh, I haven't listened. I haven't had time." I'm like, it's "I like see you walking your minutes. dog." Yeah. And she actually said, "I like to talk to my dog when I'm walking my dog." Okay. So here's the <laughs> response to that. Thank you, Janet. So what you're saying to me is. Conversing with your dog like a mildly unhinged person is more important to you than supporting me 
in this podcast venture that took a lot of work and has taken a lot of energy. Is this what you're saying, Janet? I feel like I might have to delete this because uh, Janet, be listening. <clears throat> who isn't Janet, might listen. Oh, I'm not sure anyone thought that was actually Janet. Okay, it wasn't but, Janet. Yeah. Does but I have know a Janet these days. I feel like it's not a name that we hear. I, I don't know any Janet. No, I don't. Um, I have had some really lovely feedback from friends that probably sit on the uh, casual and acquaintance message yeah, me. me. Why? Are th- why? Hang on. This is just a shout out. If any of our actual friends are listening, who are in our tight top ten people, we would call in a in an emergency. Why are they? not giving us feedback or sending us messages, but the peripherals are yeah. making an effort. I've had some really touching words, so you know, I. somebody saying they almost peed their pants driving to work. Maybe I should. Um, I think I have, yeah. And, you know, just long socials yeah. messages just saying what a great job, feels so relatable, it's a bit the same how with vulnerable. Family. Some, some family have reached out and said, hey, we're really – loving this and others have not acknowledged have not that it acknowledged happened. that it even exists true so family actually one of our nieces i spoke to her and the day after i had put up episode five hmm. and she goes oh i've listened to all of the episodes they're amazing i'm like ah but not episode five it just and she's like yeah i listened to it on my run this morning I'm like bam damn it <laughs> You know who you are. You're probably the only family member that gets up and runs before (laughs) a She is definitely the only family member that gets up and runs. Yeah, so to round up on our topic of uh, friendships, if you consider yourselves a good friend of ours, we'd strongly recommend that you listen to this podcast. Or we're going to disown you. Yeah, or (laughs) just back to that kind of either toxic friendships or – the post that we had about knowing when enough is enough to just call the friendship. Like maybe we need to move oh, into that bucket. Oh, shit, Amber, that's a big call. Oh, I'm just if putting it out there. If you don't listen to our podcast, we're putting you, uh, we're setting you down if a rank. any of my friends launched a podcast, even if it was about their children <gasps> and parenting, that's I would something. still listen to it. Okay. In support. Have you listened to my ADHD Awaken ADHD podcast. Not every episode, but definitely she's looking very half. guilty. I Did you only guilty. listen to the episode that you were in? No, no, I've listened to other ones. <laughs> a shout out to Awaken ADHD podcast, by the way. Please, if you are neurodivergent and want to share your ADHD story, or apply you've got now. a kid, or apply, just just message me. If you've got a kid, so just people who have children can message you. If they have children with ADHD, not, not specific like every if you've just every got a parent kid. or um, or you have a partner with ADHD, that's also mm. something I'd like to talk about. Alrighty. All right, I feel like we've come to a natural end here. Um, I, you know what? We didn't barely look at our little notes. Oh, we didn't do our semi-precious moment. Oh, we have to Press do semi-precious. The, oh, which bloody one it is? I never know. Hang on, this could be cow sounds. That's nothing. Nothing happened. Okay. This podcast is recorded on <gasps> no. the lands of the Boomerang no, country, and we wish no. to acknowledge. Right, hang on. Yeah, semi-precious moment. Oh, hold on. Number Wasn't seven. that gem? Moment? Oh, little gem. So, which one's this? Maybe there isn't one for semi-precious moment. Maybe there is. <laughs> just... For God's sake, you just made me press eight coloured buttons <laughs> in a row. Sorry, sorry, there isn't one, but there should be. Okay, <sighs> alrighty. Right. So, my semi-precious moment, and just. 
um, I'm expecting some accolades for this because I've actually started taking notes because remember for all the other episodes I kept forgetting. I, I took lots of notes and now I can't find you the can't notes find on my them. phone so yeah. I don't know where I put them. It's because you're digitally illiterate. I am. Okay. So here is my semi-precious moment. So I am in a supermarket but in an exceptional hurry. So you know when you're in such a hurry you don't even grab a basket because you're like, I don't have time to be in here long. So I'm just going to get in and get out. I feel like I it's a challenge if hold I can just hold in it. my hand. That's all I'm taking. Mm-hmm. So we do that, and I have my daughter with me, and we're racing around, and we had to get like ten things, and so we were holding five things each. Jade's now freezing because I've turned the heater off. <laughs> um, and so we get to the cash register, and all of the little, you know, under eight item things were packed. So there was actually like a full register. And we're like, great, we'll just go through there go through there. My daughter, um, put, we put everything on the thing. I'm like looking at my clock going, I've got to be somewhere in like eight minutes and it's going to take me about seven and a half to get there. And I still have to pay. So I'm trying to run the numbers on that. And as we were down to three items, one of those items, which was a nudie one liter carrot and ginger juice managed to topple off the conveyor belt, you know, when sometimes they stand up and then a conveyor belt moves, it toppled off the conveyor belt. I tried to catch it. It landed, smashed on the ground, um, lid popped open. There was like 3,000 litres of carrot juice. In the two-litre container. One-litre oh, container. One container. Yeah, just one of those small one-litre containers. Mm. That went all over my pants, all over my ivory PE Nation um, puffer jacket. So I wasn't happy about that. Um, she just name dropping that. It's, it's a bit one of my too favorite. much. Um, you can edit it out. <laughs> all over my daughter, all over the floor. So I'm like, fuck. Good times. I'm now in a hurry. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll just try and clean this up with just throw me some paper towels. The guy's like, no, I can't have you clean up. So he comes meandering out at like the slug with no house pace. Um, <laughs> then puts a call through for someone to help, but no one could come and help. So I said, look, just don't worry about the juice. Just I'll, I'll pay for it and I'll just leave it because I'm not. I don't have time to get it. He's like, no, 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 I can't reverse that. Now it's my responsibility to clean it up. Then there ended up being three people cleaning it up, and I'm like, I will help. I just need you to put this through the register because I'm actually in a hurry. That took like 22 minutes. Are you serious? 22 minutes? Yeah, so I was. Is that like a 3,000 litre 22 minutes? Or yeah, was it so I was not only minutes? running late, I was covered in carrot and ginger juice. Then I had no juice for when I wanted juice to get home. Um, I didn't have time for them. By that point, they're like, now would you like me to go and get you the juice? I'm like, no, no, we're past juice stage. You can shove your juice. You can shove your juice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to run to the car with all the items in my hand because I didn't have a bag either. Did you actually pay for the items, just checking? I did. I didn't end up paying for the juice, so then he had to take it off because he's like, no, we can't get you to pay because you haven't. I'm like, dude, like honestly I just wanted to run at that point and leave all items on the register. I'm surprised you didn't. Mm. So, yeah, Yeah. that was my semi-precious moment. It was really fun. I'm like only would that happen to me that I'm in a hurry and one litre of carrot juice would smash onto the ground all over me and then – make me significantly tired. Mm, I like it. Mm. Good you imagery. You also have a so- supermarket um, semi-precious moment. I have two. I couldn't choose Okay, which one. One is just a little bit silly that I went to the supermarket early in the morning, I literally just threw on some clothes 
and and walked out the door because we needed bread. And I got, like you, I just was carrying stuff in my hand and I got the bread and then somehow, I don't even know how I ended up in the chocolate aisle and I got mint Kit Kat. I don't, yeah. I don't I like eat. Kit Kats yeah, but I, I've never eaten it before. Then somehow I also ended up, I'm like, oh, I think I need toothpaste. So I got toothpaste. Then I got floss. Uh, then that section is near the ice cream section. And so then I went and got chalk mint ice cream. To go with your chalk mint Kit Kat. To go with my chalk mint Kit Kat and my toothpaste and I think some toothbrushes. It's a minty thing. And then Mentos. And then I got everything mint. And then I got into the car and went, I haven't brushed my teeth. This feels gross. It's like going to the supermarket when you're hungry and you just buy everything. I just bought everything mint because I hadn't brushed my teeth and I had disgusting morning bread. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that not ridiculous? That is really That's ridiculous. That's a thing, though. I think it's a thing now. Like For whom? Just I you. don't know. Like humanity. You know when you mm. go to the supermarket hungry and you just come out with like ridiculous chips collection and, of things. Yeah. Salty, and just snack foods, sweet. right? Yeah. I just came out with everything mint and it just occurred to me in the car that I just needed to brush my teeth. I can't even eat the mint ice cream because it's... You can't eat ice cream. Well, yeah, because of the lactose And what's the other mop incident? Oh, the mop incident. So, again, just a quick run to get bread and stuff for school lunches because that's how I'm not like a Sunday let's do a big shop scenario. Did you trip over the mop? No. So I'm going down the aisle uh, and I've got a whole heap of stuff in my hands because, of course, you know, it's the no basket challenge that I seem to give myself. And out of the corner of my eye comes this massive, what I thought was just a huge ass rat from underneath the aisle. And I squealed very loudly and dropped stuff and jumped back. And it was a person on the other side with a mop cleaning all the way under the aisle into my eye. Swear to God, I thought it was a giant. Like possum rat. <laughs> you and animals are just, you have special relationship. But but why was he mopping like all From the way the through? Other side. Yeah. With one of those big, dirty. This is like a 16 clo- year old you know boy because I feel like that's the sort of thing I that couldn't they say. Do. It was just the mop. But you know those ugly, dirty oh, yeah, ones? Like they just seem unsanitary. Yeah, they like, are. You know when they'd come in whenever I'd be in hospital when I was little and they'd have one of those mops and mop the floor and I'm like, what are you actually cleaning? What are you doing? Yeah. You're just yeah. bringing other things. Because you look at drink. those mop fringe things and mm. go, they used to be blue and now, and now they're, they're now they're rat. Dark. Now they're rat. <laughs> now they're just rat they're tails. official Pantone rat colour. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how they're made. That's not how they're made. Anyway, I'm looking at the time. Okay. So, uh, all right, so our next episode, episode eight, is going to be about dating shenanigans. Obviously, we're both happily married. Most of the time. Hmm. And so this is looking backwards, (laughs) not forwards. So online dating, the bookshop dream. I have no idea what that is. What is is that? No, I do know what that is. Is that one of your stories? Yeah. Yeah. Men who live with their mum and fluffy pink cocktails. There's a couple of my stories. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to convince Jay to write a book about her dating shenanigans because honestly they are exceptionally funny and they kept me entertained for many years. 
If you'd like to listen to more of our ramblings, please follow and subscribe, as I previously mentioned, on your podcast platform of choice. Thank you for listening. Until next time, embrace your uncut and unpolished selves. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. See you. This podcast represents the personal opinions of Amber and Jade. No content should be taken as advice or recommendations.